am Eden. And I'm Nicole. Welcome to Roadside, Roadside Horror, Horror Show. We are doing another special episode, one of our refuels refuels thank you i forgot the name <laughs> every once in a while roasters we get to a point in our trip where we just think oh we need a break let's talk about the things that we've come across in our research and that's one of those days this is one of those days so welcome to haunted hoaxes which is supposed to sound like haunted houses if you didn't get that i don't know i might not be as funny as i think i am i think you're funny oh well thank you nicole oh someone God. appreciates me at least Write in and tell me how funny I am. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm going to do a Facebook poll. How funny is Eden? So Haunted Hoaxes. I need a lot of reassurance. <laughs> Lots of hugs, virtual or otherwise. Uh, so Haunted Hoaxes. Yeah, I think um, I know for my own research journey, a lot of times, and we've mentioned it on the podcast before, you think you found like a crazy awesome story. A really story. good story. And it turns out to be fake. And yep. you're like, oh, oh. That happened to me so many times, and I got so pissed off. But I think all of our false starts will make for some excellent uh, conversation today. And Absolutely. We can, we can share some of the things we found that we didn't share in our previous episodes. And this will also give us a chance to do things that aren't in the U.S. Truth. Truth be told. Because I often end up on a rabbit hole. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, that's cool. Where is that? Oh, not it's in the England. Yeah, yeah. England. Oh, but yeah, I know. Um, do you want to kick it off with some of the ones that you found? Or? Sure. Let's talk about one that most people probably wouldn't think of when they think of this topic. Uh, but the Blair Witch Project. Ugh. So many people believed that that footage was actual found footage. So that was really the first of its kind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think in terms of like cinema history, it was like not just, it was like the viral marketing campaign before marketing Yeah. was like viral marketing was the thing. And also it was like one of those movies you watch and you're like, that's so real feeling. Yeah. Because there was, you know, the interviews with people around town. Mm -hmm. There was all sorts of stuff. And it was based off of some true story. I forget what well, it was. Well, Dyer, which we did that was cover. It, yeah. And the, uh, I think it was Maryland Park 1. Um, but yeah, people thought that was real my mom believed it for a long time until i was like mom it's fake well also too like the actors like they were like okay go kind of like like disappear. under the radar yeah because you're supposed to be dead yeah and i'm like that's insane commitment commitment exactly <laughs> like, very wow. method <laughs> method after the movie's done wow do you think someone could pull that off today probably not right i feel like it's harder to stay unseen today because there's so much with social media and everything else that it's just easier to get found out, I think. Yeah. I also think of um, Paranormal Activity, the first one, when I think about Blair Witch. Yeah. Because Paranormal Activity had that had the same, same thing. Yeah. And some people had told me that it was real before I watched it. Um, and everyone kept telling me it was the scariest movie they'd ever seen, all this stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I was at home alone with the lights off. <laughs> and I decided to put on Paranormal Activity and watch it. I was like, this is boring. When's something going to happen? Oh, no, it's a cam thing. I hate these. <laughs> and then, like, the priest came in and started talking, like, whoa, the acting is bad. This is not real. And, like, I texted my friend. And I was like, you asshole. You lied to me. This is not real at all. <laughs> Meanwhile, I saw it in theaters uh, with a bunch of my friends in Brooklyn. Things are always scarier in theaters. And they are. And it's because, like, those dumb, like, jump 
scares that get you because the sound is so loud yeah and like the thing that you wouldn't be scared of because you're in a theater surrounded by other people who are also Full startled scared. by it. everyone's like oh my god oh you kind of pick up on other people's emotions mm-hmm. and feed off of that it's cool i love that although i think you would be pretty hard pressed to do something similar in today's day and age yeah it would have to be like you'd have to go really deep like you have to set up your fake fake you know instagram account your fake facebook account for these actors or characters in your movie go into witness protection afterwards you know be like no social media you have to have your finsta set up so you're like (laughs) all right hey guys i'm not really dead this is just a movie (laughs) blair witch yeah i mean they just remade it didn't they they did like a reboot or something Did they? i know there was like the first movie which was like the found footage style mockumentary then there was blair witch the book Book of of shadows Shadows, which was just a straight-up horror movie which was a straight-up horror movie where they had the First movie actually being a movie in that universe. Which is so weirdly meta that I don't even know. And the guy from Burn Notice, isn't that? Michael. Uh, Whoever the main guy is. Oh, yeah. He's good. He was really good in Fargo season two. I oh, I still need to watch Fargo. Do yourself a favor. You won't regret it. Oh, did you bring nine to five like you said you're going to? No. I couldn't find it. I'm not sure where I put it. I'll Damn. find it next week. Okay. Well, Dolly will have to wait then. <laughs> Um, I could watch The Blair Witch again in the meantime, but I don't think I'm going to do that. Did I tell you about the first time I watched The Blair Witch? No. So this is probably back in like 1999 or something when it was like still on VHS at like the local blockbuster. Actually, it was probably a Hollywood video, honestly. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I was hanging out with my friend who was like a year older than I was. I think I was probably like 18 or 19, probably 18. And he was like 19. And then we had another friend who was 21. So she went and bought like a big jug of Carlo Rossi sangria. Okay. And had a movie night at her apartment. Nice. And we thought we were so sophisticated. Of course you did. So we had our like sangria and our like like actual real wine glasses. They may have been plastic and from Target. Whatevs. <laughs> and we had rented Blair Witch from the Hollywood video. And it was on VHS. That's how long ago this was. Yeah. And we pop it in. And we start watching it. And we're like, okay, watching it, watching it. And we get to the part where um, I think Heather rips up the map. Oh, yeah. When she starts to have her first like crazy wood delusion. She's like, whatever, this map is useless. And like rips it up and they get all mad at her. Yeah. From then on, it was just so shaky and terrifying. You needed like some, what's a Dramamine? Is that the anti-nausea yes. medication? You need, need like Dramamine. some of that to no, watch no. it. We had the sangria oh no so we kept drinking the sangria and it wasn't it was like the big jug of sangria yeah. we killed the, dr- the the jug of sangria and then we kind of get to like the end part where like she finds michael in like the corner of like the little hovel or whatever yeah and that's when we realize that the movie wasn't as shaky as we thought the tracking was just off on the vcr oh, no oh so we're watching we're like it's really weird how it's all audio and shaky visuals <laughs> <laughs> but in in its defense, it is also a very shaky movie as well because it's just someone holding a camera running through the woods. Right, but it's crazy because we like three people sat there and we watched it and like we still enjoyed the creepy story. And I think yeah. it almost made it creepier because we couldn't see what was happening half the time. That's and like, true. The, like the whole image was just like doing that like uh, up to the top of the screen, then flipping back down. down. And I was yep. like, oh my god, this is intense. Um, I saw the movie in the theater with a friend, oh. but. I do want to tell you about my sangria experience <laughs> since you brought it up. Is the one, the sangria that you're talking about comes in a big jug with like fruit on it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was that, that sangria. And it was me and Eddie, AKA E. Massey, um, in a hot tub one night, just hanging out, drinking this jug of sangria. I think we drank about half of it before we got out of the hot tub. 
And we're like, I'm hungry. Do you want to go make grilled cheese? Oh, we don't have anything for grilled cheese. Let's run to the store. Well, you know how being in a hot tub makes you more drunk. Makes you dehydrated. Yeah. So I get out. Everything is fine until we go to go to the store. The cold air hits me in the face. And all of a sudden, I throw up into the bushes. Because <laughs> think about it, like half of that thing was gone. So we each drank like a quarter of the jug. In the hot tub. In the hot tub. <laughs> it was bad. I was waiting for you to be like, and then we saw a ghost. <laughs> no, we didn't see a ghost. <laughs> That's good. I almost saw my own ghost the way I puked, though. <laughs> um, there's something else I wanted to mention about the Blair Witch. Um, so... The Blair Witch, they also ended up doing like a shit ton of spoofs on it as well. And they even did one at like the MTV Awards the one year hmm. where it was like Janine Garofalo and other people who I don't remember. But that scene with the map that you had mentioned, <laughs> there was her yelling at this one guy being like, you ate the last energy bar. How could you? And like she's like screaming at him. And then like after she walks away in a huff, he's like, I don't know why she was so mad about it. It tasted like shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well i think in terms of parody too it's always like that same thing where it's like that iconic moment where um heather's like in like the blue beanie and she's like talking to the camera but it's like kind of angled I'm up her nose so scared yeah, yeah i'm so scared my nose is running so it's hard not out of her nose yeah <laughs> like i mean that's that's uh that's, that's commitment one, that's commitment right yeah. there. yeah and that's one they mock all the time like yep. in scary movie they had sherry o'terry doing oh, that with sherry snot O'Terry. bubbles popping out yeah um, I think, uh, next topic maybe. Yeah. Uh, so I found one, um, this kind of came up at tangentially cause I was, I was researching like, uh, legends, like road legends. I really wanted to find a, something about a ghost who haunts a road. Okay. And I want to say it was probably like New York when I was looking for this cause I was thinking about the throughway and, and, you know, there's gotta be some hauntings there. So, you know, out there on the internet searching for searching and I come across this story from Texas Oh, is it a Gravity Hill type of deal? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know what that is. Um, where your car moves on its own? No. Okay. It's not a Gravity Hill. Then we'll go into that one after this one. Excellent. So in Anson, Texas, there was this mysterious oh. light that would appear at a particular spot on the highway each night. And the legend surrounding why the lights there goes something like a mother was grieving because her son had a Disappeared. recently disappeared and then she went to the spot on the highway where he had supposedly disappeared and she herself disappeared yes and that the light that you see on the highway at night is the light of her lantern dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. and it's known as the anson light so however <laughs> however it didn't take long uh for this legend to basically get debunked a group of college students uh, with iphones with iphones yes went out there and they figured out that basically where you are at on the highway where you see the light, it's actually oncoming traffic. From another highway. Yeah. I'm like, that's <laughs> the most Texas thing ever. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, that's that, that strikes me as so interesting because there are so many legends about like mysterious lights appearing on roads. That's very true. Um, I, oh, the ones that always get me to are like the haunted bridges. Yeah. Where it's like, go to this bridge and turn your lights off and you'll something will come across the bridge at you. And I'm like, it's an oncoming car. Well, there is this one um, suicide uh, bridge. I forget where it is. The Golden Gate? It's No, it's like for animals, like suicide for animals. Oh. Your dogs or whatever you're walking will like jump over the edge of the bridge. Hmm. And it was for a long time they thought it was haunted somehow, but it turned out that it was like this frequency that only the dogs could hear that they chased after. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. 
yeah, I don't, the highway, the highway, the bridges, they're weird. They're, they're transitory places. I always find it interesting that when there's something off about it, we immediately, like most people kind of like have that, like it's something supernatural. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe it's because when you're on a road, you're usually by yourself, you're transit, you're not focused on the journey per se. You're just focused on getting to your destination. So it's like the simplest thing is like, oh, that's weird and haunted. But when you can't figure it out easily, your mind immediately latches on to like, the unexplained absolutely and also that um also kind of reflects back to um like spirit photography as well with the orbs that people see in pictures Mm -hmm. some probably are actually something because i've seen ones that have like faces in them and stuff like that that's Mm, probably an actual thing but most of it is just um the flash from your camera picking up dust particles in the air huh the warrens as we've talked about them before Mm -hmm. They were big on teaching people how to do spirit photography and to catch orbs and pictures. And they said to have your flash as bright as it will go. Yeah. That's... Which is how you pick up dust and dirt from yeah. places. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Warrens are very controversial. We should do a refuel sometime talking that... about folks like the Warrens. Actually, that was um, an idea that I was going to yeah. do for you. If you guys like that idea, let us know because we would absolutely love to dig into that. Yeah. We actually, I had discussed with Nicole going to their occult museum, but apparently it's closed down permanently because they're both dead now. So yeah. So That's somebody not gonna happen. open that museum back up for yes, us. Yes. Open the museum back up just for us. We'll go, oh, I don't know if I want to go there alone. Never mind. I will give you a bottle of something that you desire and $5. And $5. Whether it's hot sauce, you want champagne, you let me know. I'll bring it. And also a shout out on our show. <laughs> but you were saying about gravity hill oh yeah well um there's lots of gravity hill stuff um out there like i'll talk about that in a minute but the one that i really wanted to talk about is i wrote ghost kids and gravity on my notes here <laughs> um so there's this rumor i love that band <laughs> it sounds like an emo band it does. <laughs> so there's this rumor that school students got struck uh by a train on a train track like in a, like a bus, I guess, uh, in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Which is where I thought you were going when you said Texas. Now, they say that if you put your car in neutral on these tracks, the spirits of the children will push you to safety. I've heard about this. First like the little all, ghostly hands will like yeah. push your car. And if your car's dirty, you'll see like hand imprints on it. Correct. Ugh. Um, so very creepy. But first of all, this story did not actually occur in San Antonio where school kids were um, you know, killed by a train. It actually happened in Salt Lake City, Utah. So that's false right there. Secondly, the train tracks have a slight incline, which will move your car when it's in neutral. That makes sense because usually when there's two ways that like I approach train tracks in my car, generally way too fast and then breaking at the last minute because it's either dipping down or dips up. Yep, me too. (laughs) I always try to go fast. Go go fast to go past them. You're like driving, driving. You're like, oh, that's going to dip. Okay, slow down. Yeah, right. Um. These stories about like gravity moving, like things moving your car, there's like gravity hills, like I mentioned before. Uh, these stories pop up everywhere. There's at least two other places like this in Pennsylvania, hmm. uh, both called Gravity Hill. One, I think, is out near Pittsburgh. I okay. don't remember where the other one is. And then there's also another one in Scotland. There's probably a lot more throughout the world. Like local legendy spooky yeah, spots. Where your car will suddenly just be going up this hill or going, you know. Something like that. But it is a naturally occurring thing, and it's not supernatural. Hmm. Good to know. Speaking of Scotland, Nessie. 
Oh, that bitch. Yeah, which, I mean, there still could be something, but that picture that was taken... That was back in, like, the 30s or something, right? Yeah, and it was just so obviously not real. (laughs) Just like all the pictures of Bigfoot that get taken where it's, that's a guy in a suit. (laughs) I, I, I... Nessie was one of those things where when I was doing the the Lake Champlain monster for for Vermont part one, I thought about Nessie a lot. Yeah. Because they're very similar kind of stories. I'm okay with sea monsters. Yeah. As long as they're not in the sea. Okay. Sea monsters not in the sea. Well, that's what Nessie is. You know, that's what Champ is. Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, they're in lakes. Yeah. And it's like a lake monster is a little bit more manageable, I think, in terms of like legends yeah as a story as like folklore but also if it's in the sea are you really going to see it unless you're at sea because it's probably not going to normally come that close to shore yeah and i feel like you know what is it like 70 percent of the world or something like yeah 70 percent of 70%. The, the world is made up of water yeah so there, there's it there's, is water world but not it, that kevin costner <laughs> thing so there's got to be like things we don't know about and like we haven't had the capacity or technology to like venture to the bottom of the sea yeah. So there's so many undiscovered things. So I'm sure weird, crazy things happen. And there's scientific phenomena that happen where you think you see a siren or maybe you see like a sea monster and it just turns out it's a beluga. Like I said, mermaids, manatees. Manatees. Butterface mermaids. That's right. Butterface mermaids. I wonder if they had little <laughs> seashell bras. <laughs> Anything specific that you wanted to talk about? For Nessie that you thought about or you just were like, it's such a hoax. It's just, yeah, basically it's just a big hoax. Um, I mean, people have sworn up and down, though. They have seen something. So it might, again, not be a hoax. You don't know. Just because one person lies about something doesn't mean the whole thing is fake. That's fair. That's fair. I always think of um, Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack when I think about Nessie. Okay, yeah. Because I think that was the first time I learned about that story. I think Unsolved Mysteries came up on like Hulu or something for me. So you can actually watch it online now. Ooh, That's like a great like retro wave thing to go back and like, I don't know what to put on. Unsolved Mysteries. Absolutely. And I know you had mentioned the bottom of the ocean. Um, and have you ever seen some of the shit that lives down there? Only in cartoons. Well, look at actual pictures. The blobfish looks like that cartoon strip Dilbert. <laughs> yeah. The blobfish is really weird looking. There's the anglerfish, which is just freaking terrifying. I have seen anglerfish, yeah. There's that's all sorts like... of weird stuff down there. The farther down you go, the weirder everything gets. Oh, I just Google blobfish. Isn't that it is... weird? And see, can you see like the Dilbert face on it? I can. <sighs> yeah, I can. It looks so. <sighs> it looks like the saddest meme ever. <laughs> it really does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tragic. That's so weird, but yeah, eyes, nature's perfect vehicle for understanding light. Oh, you can buy blobfish pillows. Oh, nice. I would like one of those. It's on your Christmas list. Um, now, I know this is one that we both have on our list of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I figure why not discuss it now? The Coventry University in England that quote-unquote ghost yes uh and see the basement was said to be haunted and no one could really stay down there for a long period of time psychics would go down there they wouldn't want to be there regular people would go down there they wouldn't want to be there they would just feel this overwhelming sense of dread and fear and later they found out that it's something called the fear frequency or infrasound 
which is at about 19 hertz and is below the frequency of human hearing. So the sound is not audible, but you can still feel its effects on you. Yeah, it's interesting because it was all the work of this researcher, um, Vic Tandy. And he was a scientist and he, he often lectured at Coventry and he was also a part-time ghost hunter. So he was sort of like, well, if there's a ghost down here. like I want to know about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but he was also very aware of this fear frequency and he began measuring the infrasound. Infrasound? Infrasound. Infrasound. It's a very odd word infrasound levels in the cellar at Coventry University and he realized that it was in that like special range yeah uh, and he did some further studies and replicated it in a laboratory where basically if you have sounds playing at that frequency people will see optical illusions mm-hmm. they'll feel chills they have the anxiety and basically all the other effects that people said they felt in that it cellar. produces exactly what most hauntings tend to be I think the most interesting thing about the the, the fear frequency is that uh, it's at that right level of decibels yeah. that you will actually hyperventilate and it feels like your eyeballs are vibrating. Oh, it I just didn't makes know me that think part. of, yeah, isn't that crazy? It makes me think of when you are not like when you're at a concert. Yeah. And like sometimes, like, like uh, the drums, because you can feel them inside yeah, you. Yeah, you feel it in your chest. And I'm like, imagine, I'm like, that's what I'm imagining is like, you, you, you're not realizing you're hearing a sound, but all of a sudden you're like, <gasps> yep. <gasps> I, need a, I need a paper bag. <laughs> Uh, I actually found out, like I started telling you before I said, let's just save it for the podcast. (laughs) Um, I found out about this from a friend, like probably a few years ago, who worked with me. um, And he said that he listened to it on another podcast. And he told me that there was this thing called a fear frequency. And, you know, just told me this whole story about how it was found out and stuff. And we decided that we want to open a haunted house and just pump that fear frequency through it so it'll be the scariest freaking haunted house that anyone's ever been in that's so devious yes but perfect and that's the haunted house you have them sign releases for probably where it's like we're not gonna touch you but but yeah if you're terrified you cannot sue us for any kind of post-traumatic stress yep. or nightmares or anxiety you may have you heard about that one haunted house right and when I say haunted house, I mean the ones that are done by people and not actual haunted houses uh, where you need to sign a waiver to go in because this guy will like torture you and pull yes. out your teeth. I'm like, Mm-mm. why would you do that? Why would you want to do that? I mean, if you're that like anesthetized to the world, that's a little terrifying. That's yeah. I don't think that's a good idea because he'll do like irreparable damage to you. Yeah. I think at that point it, it's like, it's not a haunted house so much anymore as it is like a fetish fantasy. Yeah, They wanted the thing. The whole thing about it is that it's supposed to be like you are in a horror movie and you need to survive. He will mentally abuse you. He will physically abuse you. You will literally be tortured the entire time that you're in there. And I don't understand what's fun about that. Well, it's kind of like um, I've never run a Tough Mudder. You never what? Run a Tough Mudder. Like, what's you know, t- Tough Mudders are like these um, marathons and they were they were sort of um, initialized and like created by like uh, ex-Marines where they're like, we don't want to just run like a normal like 5K. We run like, we run like a tough one. Okay. So they'd set it up like they would for like their, you know, Camp Paris training and they would have like, you know, folks run through mud and you have to haul like barrels and logs up like mount like hills and like it's just a, a more extreme form of oh, okay. of yeah. like a, a 10K basically. But then like I had a couple of friends who did them, but it, they were sort of like every year they would get more and more extreme to the point where like one of my friends told me about a tough mutter that she tried to run and it was like you're crawling through mud under barbed wire 
And then once you get out of the barbed wire, you have to run through basically a uh, little field that has hanging electrical wires that if they hit you, they zap you. And I'm like, oh, shit. What? That is no longer a tough mutter. That's not, like, not about endurance. That's like a weird sadomasochistic torture thing. That's crazy. And I do believe that the guy that um, did this haunted house mm-hmm. is actually like ex-military too. Yeah, it's a different type of intensity that I don't think the normal civilian brain can contemplate. No, and I think that if anyone wants to actually do this, they might need some psychological help because it just, why? Why? Okay, you know what? If you're interested in it, please explain it to me because I don't get it. I guess this could be the closest you can get to a battle without being in battle. Yeah. There's like a safetyness to it in a weird way, but still kind of... I'm too sensitive for that. I, I couldn't handle that. Yeah, why would you want to be tortured? I don't think so. I mean, I go to the DMV every couple of years and that's, that's torture, torture enough. Yeah. <laughs> I did have one more on my list. Uh, and it is the Enfield haunting. Are you familiar with that? We talked about it briefly. Yeah, I think we touched on it. Um, but remind me. Did you see The Conjuring 2? No. No. Well, it's based on that. It was this very, very insanely um, publicized haunting in england uh where a family uh said their house was haunted by this man i forget what his name was but he started being channeled through the one daughter and i'll i'll show you a video quick about it like where they're being interviewed but she sort of just talked like this um <laughs> and it was like insane they also said that they're like thrown off their beds and they have images of it they have pictures of her being like thrown off the bed and stuff like that but it looks like she literally jumped off the bed oh. um also they caught her bending spoons with her hands to make it be like the ghost did this mm-hmm. um the sisters have been interviewed since and they said that they did make some of it up but they didn't make all of it up so who knows but um, we can pause for just a minute and I'll show you the video. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, so now that I've shown you that video, what do you think? Well, my first impression is that it reminds me of the Fox sisters. Yeah. And like the not like they have knocking as well. I mean, though the Fox sisters did it by like knocking their toes against. Yeah. It, it was interesting because the, like the girl at one point, I think you even pointed out like, She's like, it's not haunted. And her older sister's like, no, shut up, shut up. And there's another one, too, where the other sister ends up saying something. And she's like, shut up, stop. Yeah. I also think it's interesting. That's like their body language. It's like they're they're hesitant to talk about it. And they, they have their hands always like holding their head or like close to their mouth. Almost. And they're always smiling about it, too, and kind yeah. of laughing about like it. Like if you're terrified, I feel like you'd be like more... Um, anxious exactly and there's nothing about their body language that's anxious they're like we're lounging on the couch they're not like yeah yeah interesting and this was another one that the warrens were involved in as well do you do you know what the warrens uh eventually concluded were they uh they said it was haunted they said everything was real <sighs> always break my heart i know so did you want to talk about the fox sisters then yeah we can talk about the fox sisters the Fox sisters, right? The the trio of sisters who kicked off the spiritualism movement in the 19th century in America. It's interesting when you think about all of the things that have grown out of the Fox sisters from Hydesville, New York, saying that they could contact spirits and they would communicate with them through tapping or knocking. They were the first ones to really bring seances 
mm-hmm. in as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to me because it was this like group of young girls and everyone seemed to believe them because it's the idea, that preconceived notion that why would these girls possibly lie? What could they gain? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they went through their whole adulthood. They grew into adults still performing seances and channeling the dead, things like that. Until eventually, like, it got to the point where it, like, burned out at least one of the sisters. I think it was Kate who kind of became an alcoholic in her later years because she just couldn't handle lying yeah. anymore. Because, yeah, one of them kind of, like, ended up letting the cat out of the bag. Yeah, one of them was like, it was a hoax. We never met all along. But at that point... It had been something like 20, 25 years and spiritualism was a full-blown cottage industry in America. Um, I forget which celebrity, but like his mom was very heavily involved in it. Are you thinking of Harry Houdini? No, it wasn't Harry Houdini. There was someone else, but Houdini was another one that I was going to bring up because yeah, he was involved in it as well. And um, I remember the Fox sisters, when they would do their seances and things like that, they would like knock like on under the table, Mm -hmm. uh, like you said before, tap their foot or something. So it was just very strange that they would do all this and lie and make a whole movement out of their lie. Well, I don't think they necessarily made a whole movement out of it. I think it started off like anything else, right? It's almost sort of the idea of um, these girls kind of playing a prank. That's kind of where it starts. And then it grew and And grew and grew and grew and grew. It kind of in a weird way reminds me a bit of like uh, the Salem witch hysteria. Oh, yeah. A little bit. It's the idea that like the only power that like pre like like young girls, prepubescent girls will ever have is when they say things like, You're a witch or I can talk to ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just very odd to me. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 Fox sisters, very interesting. Absolutely. And um I mean, just because they, you know, weren't telling the truth about what they could do doesn't mean that these practices aren't legitimate at the same time. Because pretty much anything can be used for divination, which is speaking, you know, with like higher powers or ghosts or any of that. That's what divination is. It's, you know, receiving information, tarot cards, Ouija boards, all that sort of stuff. Gyromancy. There's something called gyromancy, which is telling the future pretty much by um, spinning around in circles. Interesting. I never knew about that. Yeah. Hmm. I guess it's what direction you projectile vomit in. (laughs) Um, I don't know. But so all those times I was spinning around in my dad's desk chair <laughs> and I would fall off of it. I was actually predicting my future inevitable stumblings in oh, life. <laughs> pretty much. Um, but yeah, like honestly, like flipping a coin, heads or tails, as long as you have the intent and you have, you know, the visualization and all that stuff down. Who knows? You could communicate with something to give you the correct answer. I mean, it could be. I, I you think can it's... make a. Um, what's it called? A pendulum, yeah. just with a needle and thread. Mm-hmm. I I find it fascinating when I think about the larger societal changes too, like going back to like the Fox Sisters and spiritualism. Like while today everyone knows they were a hoax, it still triggered this sort of reevaluation of Americans' relationship with their spiritual sides. Yeah, and you could even argue that it was at a time when you know spiritual movements like transcendentalism and um revival like biblical revival movements were all the rage and it's interesting to think about how this all kind of interplays into like the american conscience i honestly do not remember what transcendentalism is uh transcendentalism was like uh, kind of pioneered by 
Emerson and Thoreau. It was the idea of like simplicity and understanding through observing nature and okay. being one with nature and not removing yourself from uh, the natural surroundings of your world. Simplicity, living a simple life, that sort of thing. Okay, because I know I had learned about it at some point in my life. But Everybody does. You know. Every American does. Uh, I also think it's interesting that there's still this same sort of need to tell these stories yeah. about ghosts and haunted locations and seeing the future it hasn't really changed much in you know two three hundred years yeah of documentation that i've come across well, there's definitely still a big interest in it and you know that could be in part due to the fox sisters they could have turned a lot of people onto it even though you know, it was a hoax. Well, it's kind of funny, it's still, right? That they turned yeah. a lot of people onto this spiritual spiritualism, and in the end, they basically helped drive this like creation of of parapsychology. Yeah, someone being like, "Well, wait a minute, this doesn't seem quite right. Let's dig deeper." And I feel like part of the cool thing about parapsychology to me is it's not this idea that this spectral thing definitely exists. It's this idea that we don't know if it exists. So we owe it to ourselves to actually study Check it. into it and find yeah. out. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. Now, they were also big on using Ouija boards. Oh, the talking boards, automatic writing. Oh, I find automatic yes. writing terrifying. It's so intriguing. I've tried automatic writing and yeah. I haven't been able to do anything. I've never gotten it down. Um, but have you ever used a Ouija board? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything ever happen? Yes. Because I'm really good at the power of suggestion. Because you're really good at the power of suggestion? Yep. Okay, yep. that that requires an explanation. So, I have always been fascinated by Ouija boards, and it's just the idea of the, I forget what they call it, but it's like... Planchette? The, the thing that you move around? The But it's like the micro movements that your fingers have, when it doesn't feel like oh. your fingers are moving. Oh, okay. But like, your fing- you, like when you hold something, you're still moving a little bit. It's kind of like when someone's like, look at my hand, I'm not shaking. It's these these small movements that you don't realize your hand's making. Um, for example, when you hold your hand steady, it's like, it looks like you're holding it steady, but there's actually little micro movements. There's minor like tremors. Yeah. And the tremors are what can move a planchette. Okay. And when you have a bunch of people who are in the same mindset and you're all trying to achieve an answer, you end up with this ability to make suggestions. So if somebody is, let's say Nicole, and they're thinking of the word purple, Somebody can ask the ghost a question and the ghost will start to spell the word purple. Okay. And I've like done tests where it's like suggestibility tests where it's like if you get people in the right mindset, can you make the Ouija board answer questions the way you want them to? And it does work, but it does require a lot of suggestibility. And I think for me, that was very enlightening to be like, oh, so it can be something where there's a lot of influence, kind of like hypnosis. Like you can very much put people in like that hypnotic state by like, you know, darkening the room, lighting candles. Yeah setting the mood for it. It's this suggestibility, which I think is fascinating with Ouija boards. Other times I've, compl- I've used Ouija boards at like a raging party and it's just been like nothing. No- the atmosphere Nothing or it's right. been like crazy nonsense and you're like, well, that's a little spooky because it's like crazy nonsense. I remember in seventh grade, one of my um, like, you know, friends said that they used a Ouija board like over the weekend or something and this was in Christian school so it was very, very frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that there was like this spirit that talks to them that's name was XYZ. <laughs> 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 yeah. The only time that I have ever used one is when my ex-husband 
wanted to me to use one because he said that he used it and nothing ever happened, but he thought that I might be able to. So I used it. Nothing really happened except the animals got pissed off. Like the dog kept trying to shield me and the cat started meowing and trying to get me to stop as well. So mm-hmm. I stopped because when the animals are freaked out, that's when I stopped doing stuff. That's fair. I mean, I have one in my living room and it's straight up. I bought it at CVS. It's made by Parker Brothers. Oh, I remember from the picture on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Tiki. Yep. Uh, my cats are not freaked out by it. As far as they're concerned, it's just some other thing they can lay on. Um, I think it's all about scenario. Yeah. Like anything else. I just think there's better methods, I guess, of spiritual connection and like in tapping into that perhaps other world than a Ouija board. Definitely. Um, I think that's pretty much all we have for right now. But I have an idea. This requires some audience participation. So guys, if you would like to email us at roadsidehorrorshow at gmail.com or you can write us on Facebook, doesn't matter, at Roadside Horror Show. Talk to us. Tell us any of your experiences with things that you thought were happening but maybe didn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know I uh, have a couple friends who've had weird experiences that we can't quite define. Yeah. Um, that I'm hoping that we'll be able to chat with in a future refuel episode. Oh, I have another story then. Oh. Yes. I just thought about it. I don't think I've told you about the demon, have I? Uh, no. Well, I was out on my back porch with my ex-husband and we were just talking, smoking a cigarette and we heard this growl, like real deep. It was this like evil demonic sounding growl. We're both a little freaked out, but I was like, it's got to be something natural. It's not. I doubt it. And meanwhile, he's like, don't go out there. And I'm like, I'm going out there. I'm going to investigate because apparently I'm that person in the horror movie that immediately gets killed because they investigate the strange noise. But I went out there as we're hearing this and like this, um, you know, bang, 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 bang. Mm -hmm. So I go out to investigate. And as I get closer to the shed, which is where the noises are coming from, I see this little creepy face pop out and then run back behind the shed. It was a freaking possum. They sound like monsters when you hear them growling like i think it was probably a pregnant mother ah that makes sense why she was so like creeped out into territorial oh yeah because we've had a possum give birth behind that shed before it's kind of uh when you realize that rabbits scream when they're injured oh really yeah a rabbit scream is very uh terrifying when you hear it like in the dark because oh, it sure. sounds like a woman being murdered. Well, that's how cats sound too. If you accidentally step on their tails, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think some some stuff. It's like you, we're just so not used to what nature sounds like sometimes yeah. that it's terrifying. But um, foxes also scream like humans, kind yeah. of. Yeah, I do love the super cuts of like goats that are like screaming like people. That's also delightful. But yeah, hopefully for future uh, refuels, we can have some uh, actual folks come in and tell their terrifying tales yeah i would love for you guys to email us or write us on facebook whatever you feel comfortable with and just tell us something um you know we'd love to do your stories um on the air or if you don't want us to read them on the air we don't have to but we'd still like to know them yeah for sure so please write us we would love to hear from you all right gang i think you'll be able to catch up with us in our next stop which is slated for ohio yeah Ohio, that's correct. Oh, yeah, the Buckeye State. What state is round at both ends and high in the middle? Ohio! Ohio.
forgot about that joke. All right, Roadsters. Until next time. Creep on, creeping on. Creepin on. on.